the Doctor Romano and Adric find themselves stranded in a white void which is occupied only by the ruins of an old gateway and a spaceship. The gateway offers the only exit from eSpace, but the void is contracting. Are the Doctor and his friends fated to spend eternity in eSpace? And what final shocking revelation awaits the Doctor? This is Warrior's Gate. Welcome to Regenerated. What particular brutes did you have in mind? The Gulden were set where no slaves could go. We faced the time winds and we lived. They had only the gateway to flee for safety. Gateway? Gateway to where? Gateway. 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 Gateway to where? Just as it was getting interesting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. My name is Matt. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful wife, Becky. So you're not fishing out the adjectives today? No, we're keeping it, keeping it simple this week. Charming. Well, simple for a simple lady. I'm far from simple, love. Well... I didn't want to say you're overly complex, but uh. anyway. So this week we got Warriors Gate, which is like part three of the eSpace trilogy. Um, so uh, you've got rid of the Lurg, shall we say? Because I think last week you had it, and then you gave it to me. Yeah. So I had a really stuffy nose well, at the beginning of the so week. So I can't help it, right? But I have a generous personality. So mm. if I have germs. You get to have them too. So yes, luckily I got over it to be able to record. If not, we would have had a, a potential break, but we are just plowing through. So I keep saying it every time. Uh, not very many uh, serials left now of Tom mm. Baker. After this one, there's only two left, and the next serial is kind of like a. It's kind of like a part one of the end mm. of the two episodes, like a part one and part two. Um, it's kind of like a lot of changing happening at, happening at the minute. Like we said at the beginning of the season that there was there was a bit of changing anyway with like Jonathan, Jonathan, John Nathan Turner coming in as the producer and mm. like new title sequences, new costume for the Doctor, you know, and there's a lot of like new music and all this sort of it's just, it's, you know, all this and the other. Also new directors, new writers, and this one is um, much as difference as well i think for doctor who so um there's no real doctor who news all that that basically i've seen is that uh shooty gatwa is now on set he was obviously filming season four of sex education he's finished that now and he's now gone on to the set to film doctor who and thing is, i do like sex education but 
don't think it would... If they continued it without Eric, I just don't know where it would go. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, so no. he's kind of an integral part. Maybe he can do double duty because maybe but Doctor Who... have. Doctor Who's not really going to be filming constantly like every single year i would think so in the off years he could probably do it still but my biggest fear would be he'd get too big for something like sex education now that he's the doctor he's kind of julian anderson's in it well yeah but she's kind of i don't know she's kind of not scaled back the roles but she's not as sort of big as what she was i don't think she's as like popular as big as what she used to be and she do more british based stuff because that's where I think that's where she lives now. So uh, we've got a um, a look uh, at the uh, the Doctor's new costume as well, his outfit. It's a little bit different to some of the press release and they've changed the coat. Well, I do like the brown long leather jacket because a lot of the time when you see a long leather jacket like that, everyone's always like, oh, it's black, you know? So the fact that they've kind of gone for a, a brownie colour is quite nice. And he's also gone, he's still retained that sort of orange shirt, but it's a little bit different, mm. I think. And he's also got like some sort of like trainers on as well, which is like a bit of an homage to sort of David Tennant's doctor with the kind of casual footwear. I had this footwear. conversation a million and one times. David Tennant's were more like Converse's. Yeah, but I mean like the casual what? footwear. That's what I'm trying to get at. So it's all right. We'll see what well, it's... Well, not the... everyone can be like Peter Capaldi and run in blooming you know, dress shoes. Mm. Well, we'll see what it's like when we see some footage. When you're running around, right, not everything is like completely ridiculous wardrobe and as go-go boots. Mm. Some people actually like the comfort if they're running around. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll see what it looks like when we actually get some live footage of him actually in the costume a bit more and then I can make up my mind. So, Warrior's Gate, like I said, part three of the Space Trilogy. We'll quickly go through all the little details. So this is a four-episode uh, serial. It was broadcast on the 3rd to the 24th of January, 81. So, obviously, the last year of Tom Baker's run. Yeah. It was written by Steve Gallagher. This is his first, uh, I think it's one of only two that he contributed. And this is also directed by Peter Joyce, and this was his only serial so it's like what i mean about like now getting some new writers and directors in and in the poll it's not too bad in the poll to be honest it was 125th so it's kind of high um and we'll quickly go through the synopsis before we sort of deep dive into it uh and then give us some thoughts so a the synopsis is a little bit strange from my point of view. I mm. don't think I would have written it this way, but it's the way it's wrote. It's the way it's written, so it'll be the way I mm. read it. Uh, a strange creature forces its way into the TARDIS, steering it to a white void occupied only by the ruins of an old building and a spaceship. This empty space is a gateway to the past and future. The creature responsible for taking them is Beerock, a member of the enslaved race as th- known as the, and I'm going to butcher it, is it Thaurils? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Uh, the gateway offers the only exit. Thaurils. Is it? Um, something like that. We'll just, yeah, we'll call them the lions or something. Uh, anyway, the, the gateway. I think it's, it's Thaurils. Um, the gateway offers the only exit from e space, but the void is contracting. Are the are the Doctor and his friends fated to spend eternity in E-Space? What final shocking revelation awaits the Doctor? Actually, they're not really in E-Space at all because actually they said they're not in E-Space and they're not in N-Space, which is normal space. Well, and 
you yeah. know, because East Base is where they've been and the End Space is where they're trying to get to and they're stuck in the middle yeah. in a void in between them. Right. Well, well I'll know. just... Um, I'll just set the scene quickly and then we'll 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 discuss that. So basically it starts on this sort of uh, spaceship where they're using See, and you're like, "Oh, well you don't pay attention." Oh, listen. Well, yeah, well I'm glad you did because if not it'd be a quite boring podcast and if it's just one person watched it and one person didn't. Well, that's the thing. That's kind of All right, you know, that's kind of interesting the fact that you know, we've only just recently found my glasses after nearly three weeks of not having them. Yeah, so again. now you can see. So, yeah, now I can actually see things on the screen rather than just constantly listening. But difference is, that's made me more intuitive to listening to things I'm watching, mm. which is, you know, thankfully, kids are quiet enough to be able to do it yes. at the moment. They, so, they weren't when they were younger. Yeah, so we're on the spaceship where they're using one of these, we're going with Thurls, um, who is Beerock? Another reason we watch this when they're at school. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, which is called Beerock, and he's basically they they kind of call them time sensitives. They're kind of like navigators, and they're kind of plugged into the ship to try and navigate them out of this sort of void. Well, the only thing that's gone through my head at that point was flight of the navigator. It is a bit like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. So they sort of plugged them into the computer or whatever, and. Basically, they're trying to get out of this sort of void. Obviously, they fail. They don't get out. They're stuck in there. Then we go to on board the TARDIS where the Doctor is kind of at the console. And basically, they enter a disruption. And then this Tharal Beerok, who's actually escaped from the starship, um, he ends up in the TARDIS, flicking a few switches. And basically, they encounter this thing called the Time Wind. And this is where I kind of got to the point where I was like, right, this is going to be a very complex story. And it was because at the end, there were parts of this where I was like, what the bloody hell's happening? Yeah. It was very complex at the end, I thought. But yeah, so like you said, they, they, they've ended up in this sort of white void. And definitely the budget is really stretched here because it's just a white room with a TARDIS in and a model uh, Start, I was starting to wonder if they put it in dentist surgery. Or well, yes. So, like Becky said, it's kind of like they're not in like because E space is like I think it's negative coordinates. Is that what they say? Yeah. And obviously N space, which is our universe and the Doctor's universe, is like positive coordinates. And because they're kind of in the void, they're kind which of zero. zero. So they're in between them. Um, so yeah. So the Doctor um, goes off to sort of follow beer rock and then they end up at this sort of gateway which is like a sort of uh medieval style sort of door arch thing where inside of it is a castle sort of with like a feast table where there's like loads of cobwebs and sort of stuff like that and my mm. first thought when i watched it was how do they do the cobwebs because they actually look really quite cool they actually look quite like realistic i wondered how they the did the same that. way they did them when they'd done great expectations hmm. maybe it's got to be some sort of like obviously a synthetic Although, cobweb, of, but Olivia Coleman's an man. What another great expectations? Yeah, with Olivia, about, Olivia Coleman is Miss um, Havisham. That's probably about the, like the fiftieth. It's actually a series. version of it. Yeah, but it's a series. This one. That's not yeah, but I can't film. see how they can do a, a series of it. Well, they do because it's obviously the same way they did a, a film and a series, A Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Right. Okay. 
But we'll see how that one goes then. Anyway, so also I forgot to say that um, when Beerock sort of fiddles with the console, there's like sparks and also K9, once it gets, once again gets damaged, it's kind of the same running sort of gag every week now with K9. He gets damaged and they have to sort of repair him and he's kind of written out of the serial for a little while and it's kind of, again, it's the same sort of rinse and repeat here. Um, but spoiler alert uh i don't think we're gonna to have to put up with k9 for much longer that's just all i'll say so anyway so the doctor's in there and basically beer rock goes through this like mirror and then the doctor is kind of he's uh sort of um he's sort of fiddling with these sort of like um armor people whatever you want to call them they're like they're like suits of armor yeah but obviously we're not supposed to know that they're actually like robots called gundans or whatever they're called so yeah. Like, yeah, it's Gundans, isn't it? They were created at this point. We don't really know, but they they sort of they're created by. I, the... I thought I kind of had a feeling the whole thing of where he was going through them it was very Scooby Doo esque mm. of where you get like the Black Knight and you know Shaggy kind of comes along and basically takes his helmet off and looks down his neck, and then it tries to yes, basically yeah. go after him headless and things like that. And yeah, so shock horror. And then, they come alive basically and, and then attack basically, the doctor. You know, when he's trying to sort of stand there with the axe thing with the other two and as if it was going to walk straight past him. I was like, Christ's sake. I was like, I've never known it to be more Scooby-Doo-esque in my life. Yeah. So they, we find out later on that they were actually created by the Thal, Thal, Rin, Thal Rills. Um, for, they do explain so, it, don't they? I, I wasn't really paying attention at that point. The but the gate or, you know. Yeah. So... Basically, then, or something or other, I don't know. Basically, then, it's basically classic Doctor Who where the companion ends up in a captured situation. The Again. doctor's off his, on his own exploring. Again. Romana leaves Adric in the TARDIS. Again. Because the crew of this spaceship, um, they sort of go investigating out into the void after Beer Rock, and then they obviously stumble across the TARDIS. They're sort of pounding at the door, and then Romana appears at the door, and then she goes off with them to their ship, leaving Adric behind. They've got, like, Surely the world's basically... biggest computer strapped to the guy's chest. I know what you mean. It always makes me laugh, because it's... That's like, that's like, you know, it's like the amount of times you watch CSI and 24 and things like that. I've seen suicide vests on programmes like that that are smaller. That's just, yeah, it's you just... You know, it's just like, there's so much lugging. That's like, what's that made out of cereal boxes? Well, I can't remember what she called it now, but it's like, um, it's a device to navigate the void, basically. I thought it was a um, and... mass something or other yeah but it's it really dates like the it dates doctor who that know, because it just it looks like a looks cardboard box like, strapped to the guy's chest it literally looks like a blue peter version of oh here's a personal computer i made myself out of cereal boxes and then it's got like a ticker tape like sort of the old style receipt thing it was like yeah. a receipt thing in it yeah. and it sort of like comes at the top as like the sort of uh the number crunching device and it's yeah, yeah it, that always make me laugh when they try and do futuristic computers with things like that. And that's like the tiniest bit of paper you can get out of a tiniest slot available. And I'm sitting there thinking, right, it's now 2023. We have A4 printers. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it kind of dates this, you know, like they probably thought the it was way, really advanced. The way, when the they... way that, that looks is kind of like that makes it look like 
what's coming out is the same size as my label maker. The prop, the prop department probably thought it was really looked really futuristic and advanced when they they mm. sort of you know called over like john nathan turner went look at this device we've got it looks really futuristic what do we do it strap it on the guy's chest although it's just like massive the, although isn't it? saying you that, know, my my label maker is cool and you'll be jealous normally of my label maker. nowadays it'd just be like a handheld device they'd probably be walking with a handheld device now instead of having this big box attached to the guy's chest but i just thought it was really funny we um, totally need to use my label maker more yeah okay then one of Becky's random moments there. Yeah, sorry. You've got a new label maker. That's, <laughs> yeah, I have a new label That's the, maker. Uh, the epitome like, of your now, joy this week. Now it's just like, well, according to the kids, I've gone all Sheldon Cooper. And now I just want, the problem is, when you know what it's like. When someone gets a new toy, they want to just use it for everything. Yeah. And now I just want to label well, everything. Well, <laughs> that's the most excitement that you've had this week is getting a new label maker. Oh, and putting a unit together yesterday. Oh, and, and yeah. you knocked yourself out by knocked the fun out of the park by doing that, didn't you? Yeah, so. and I I pulled all my shoulder blades doing that as well. Cause, and not only that, the recommended time so two hour, um I said no an hour and a half for two people to do it, and I've done that on my own in fifty minutes. Mm. Okay. A beat the so, time recommendation. Also, it's, uh, it's quick to mention that uh, we had um, Kenneth Cope was in this as well. He, uh, well, he played... Oh, what's, hang on a minute. He played... Let me just have a look at the... Quickly look at the cast list. He played... He played Packard, one of the crew members. He was actually in Randall and Hopkirk, Deceased. I never saw that. So and he was also in Coronation Street as well as well i don't know has i just saw it on his sort of um on his like uh his, yeah his fan fan filmography so <sighs> i don't know who he was because i don't really i didn't really watch a lot of thing you know yeah i didn't really watch a lot of cory in the old days yeah, yeah. So, anyway, they take Romana to the ship because, obviously, Birok has left them. He's their navigator. They were going to wake up these Thals, Tharils from this sort of stasis because it's got quite a lot, like a few of them mm. on there. But because they have got the right equipment, as they say, it's dangerous to do it. And these two, like, sort of, um, I don't know what you call them, sort of stooges. They're not really anything. anything. Stooges. Well, they're kind of like you know, they're just like two help, like help and hired helping hands, and they kind of wake one up. Hired helping hands. They're kind of like. Um... They try to wake one up and just disfigure him by burning half his face off. They're more like basically, um, I don't know how you'd put it. They're like you engineers, know, sort but of people who couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. Yeah, but they don't want to leave the ship either. They're like very much like, oh, my leg, my leg's gone. I'm, I'm we'll stay here because obviously the party wants to go and investigate and look for their well, navigator. As, as Stepto and would say, lazy feck, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so they want Romana because she drops that she's um, a time. Well, not she doesn't drop. She's a time lord, but she does say that she can deal with time and space and all that. So they so, think she's time yeah, sensitive. They think she's a time sensitive, a bit like the the Tharils, and they want to use her to be their navigator. So they end up sort of strapping her to a chair and putting the world's biggest headphones on her head. We've seen them quite a few times, them sort of beer, yeah, sort of metal. Devices. Yeah, so they put uh, her Is into that. Is that where they got the idea for the ones for the Cybermen from? Probably. <laughs> well, it looks like it's the same same thing, isn't it? I miss the Cybermen. But, well, they may come back sooner than you think. I know. It's a little bit of a 
sort of spoiler for what might come in the future. So anyway, they sort of plug her into the the, the ship. They end up turning the voltage you know, up. You're on about. I'll forget by next week. Yeah, is it? Uh, they turn up the voltage, and they've got this little screen where it sort of shows things, and it shows the actual gate that the Doctor went through. So that then obviously means that the crew then leave yeah, leave the ship again to go investigate. How can you call it a gate if it's a mirror? Well, it's not really a gate. To be fair, like the medieval archway, they're calling that the gate, I think. But it's not really a gate. It's just, it's a door. Well, What's their definition well, no, of a gate? Because the only way that go- the gateway is actually in the mirror. Well, that as well. But um, yeah, so anyway, uh, so obviously then the uh, the crew end up go off to investigate where this gate is. The doctor then is sort of twinkling with the robots and he gets the backstory of how they were created and their Gundans and all that sort of stuff. So then the um, canine has sort of wandered out as well with Adric because Adric's obviously left the TARDIS now as well because obviously he doesn't stay put for very long. He obviously goes off to try and help Romana and through that canine then leaves the TARDIS and ends up in this sort of castle area where the Doctor is only for then... Um, they sort of dropped that there are three gateways. I think it's supposed to be is it supposed to be past, present, past, present, and future. I, yeah. We only saw one gateway. That's all I'll say. So they kind of mentioned three gateways, and then never we never follow up on that. I think that's just a bit of a hole in the plot. Uh, the Doctor ends up then going into the um, into the, uh, the the mirror. Because it's explained that because the time winds touched him on his hand, he's able to pass through yep. the mirror. And that's the same for Beerock, how he was able to uh, go through the mirror. So then we get this sort of strange bit where um, it's kind of like, a, it's like, um, I can't remember, was it black and white? Like a black and white scene where they're sort of walking through like a, a garden area and all this and the other. And I think it's yeah. basically like a sort of gateway into the past because when the Doctor eventually ends up, you know, catching up with Beer Rock and he's sort of showing him, basically the Farrells are gathered around the table, they're having a big feast, and then one of the robots basically comes in and wax his axe down on the table and then we sort of revert back to like the present where that yeah. cobweb table still has the axe in it so are they trying to say that like and these the dead miss havisham yeah so are they trying to say that like the the robots ray like riz up took control and that's the reason why the tharils were overthrown I don't really get the whole point of that. I don't. I don't this is where it's complex to me. Is that I don't I understand don't think it. So I think that's more of the people. Let's have a look and the see if the people rose up and enslaved the Tharals and yeah, I don't know. So it's just really, really sort of, sort of. And they had to escape through the doorway. Yeah, because it... the um other people actually couldn't get through it. Okay, is that what it is? And with the gundans they kind of created them to stand watch well let's have a look so part three so the the sort of deformed thoril whose name is lazaro or lazo he ends up free and remanded from that sort of um navigator's chair and then the doctor can because i jumped forward a little bit so the doctor's obviously the other side of the mirror he can see sort of like the crew the other side and then he then 
follows uh, Birok and they go to a mansion in the strange black and white world beyond the mirror is what it says on this yeah. um, fandom page. Um, and then what? Let's see. Um, let's see what it says. So um, I did write it down, but like I said, I just want to make sure that it's right. Anyway, the crew, they end up going back to the ship for what they're calling the MZ laser that they want to fire at the mirror because obviously they want to get through the mirror because obviously the Doctor and Birok have gone mm. through the mirror. So Lazo and Romana, they end up going through the mirror as well. This is where it gets complex. And then they end up going to the mansion where they see the Doctor and Bor- uh, Birok eating at the table with the, th- the Thalrils. Then Birok tells the Doctor the Thurls crossed the timelines to build an empire, enslaving humans. When the Thurls turn on the Doctor, Romana runs to him. Gundan robots enter, signalling the start of the human rebellion, and the Doctor and Romana suddenly appear in the same hall, but at a different time, surrounded by Rovik and his men. That's uh, what happens at the end of episode three. So that's the bit that really, really confused me, is that they... The Doctor's sitting around. He's having a bit of a feast with them. Then all of a sudden, they just end up in the present. They sort of teleport through the mirror again. Yeah, it's To me, it makes no logical sense. I don't understand it. Why he sort of teleports. I don't really get it. Because he gets angry about the fact that they were enslaving humans because they had that woman. Yeah, so... And they were treating her like crap. So... We we're supposed to like through the story. We're supposed to feel sympathetic so they, yeah, for like Beer Rock and his crew, like his like his yeah. species. When in fact, actually, it was them that were enslaving humans, and humans have just got their own back on them by enslaving them. Yeah. So who are we supposed to other. feel? Who are we supposed to feel sorry for? The humans or them? Well, neither really, because at the end of the day, you know, the buff as bad as each other. And the problem is, is in the end, obviously, Birok then turns around and says, well, don't do anything because, you know, we've cocked it up pretty much. They've cocked it up. There's not really anything you can do about either. Mm. So it's more of a fact of, you know, at least they're realising that they've, you know, made mistakes so they can go forward and change it i don't know yeah so in episode four we find out that the actual void that's that's the thing that's just kind of like the purpose of everything you know you can only change if you want to change and you can only change if you see something that needs changing if you're incapable Mm. of seeing things that need changing then you're never going to change it yeah so we are informed in episode four that this like a lot of people say if it's not broke don't fix it but you know, that's the thing. If you find something that's broken, it's got to be fixed. Mm. Yes. Whether yes. it be society or, you know, a broken bit of furniture. Yeah, this is philosophy with Becky 101. <laughs> so I never did philosophy, and I swear I do better philosophy than what the kids do, actually, at school. Mm. So we find out that the white void is actually contracting. very philosophical. So it's contracting, it's shrinking, um, which is evident because they say the the crew from the, the spaceship say that their walk to the gate is getting shorter and shorter. So then... Hey, it went out at you to basically read a bit of Plato once in a while. The only thing I like Plato is my tea. Typical. Uh, I know. Anyway, Adric ends up saving the Doctor. Then he... Um, 
so where were we so actually I'll, I'll read from the wiki because it's, my notes are a bit confusing so part four Rodwick won't listen when the doctor says that only time sensitives can go through the mirrors canine arrives and tells the doctors that the dwarf star alloy in the slaver ship is causing the gateway to contract Rovick threatens the doctor who's standing near the ma- mirror Beerock on the other side tells him to do nothing Adric arrives and threatens the slavers with their own MZ laser the doctor and his friends escape the slavers see their ship just outside and realise the gateway is in Tracting further, they fire at the mirror but unable to break through. Rovik decides to use a black blast to break the mirror, but the doctor realizes it would destroy everything. He and Romana head for the ship to shoot out its power because there's a big hole in the side where the warp drive like got damaged earlier on. So mm-hmm. there's a big massive hole in the side which gives the doctor access. Meanwhile, Rovik has his men revive the Thurils, aware that. Uh, aware that most may not survive because they will need a navigator Sagan tries to revive the thralls but trying to speed up the process doesn't work electrocuting the Farils instead Rovik finds the Doctor Romana but they are rescued by Birok who brings them to safety to the safety of the TARDIS the Doctor now understands why Birok told him not to do anything Lazo kills Sagan and revives the rest of the Tharils then we get to the end bit, which basically is that Romana informs the Doctor that she is staying in East Space to help Birok free his people. So it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a catch twenty two because yeah. the Thurils they enslaved humans, but still Romana and the Doctor want to help them, even though they're kind of like the villains. Yeah, but two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, I know, but it's just a bit of a strange sort of plot point. Yeah, but the difference is they actually, Birok and everything actually realised that they'd cocked up by enslaving humans. Mm. The humans didn't realise that they'd made a cock up in trying to enslave the Tharals. Yeah. So then... So at the end of the day, if one person's prepared to acknowledge their mistake and rectify it, and the other people aren't, then yeah, then they need me rescuing. Well, that's fine then, isn't it? Yeah. So K9, who obviously was damaged... He is unable to function on the side of the mirror that is like the the zero space, the white void. So he stays with uh, Romana. And I think this is very much Tom Baker saying, get rid of the bloody dog. It does feel like that because mm. for for weeks now, serials upon serials have been writing K9 out of it. Yeah. And they're now basically got rid of K9. So it does feel like that they, you know... They've had enough, enough, basically. Yeah. They've had enough. So Rovik starts up his engines and Birok takes Romana and K9 through the mirror. So I'm guessing they're not going to Gallifrey then. Well, no. Um, takes uh, Romana and K9 through the mirror while the TARDIS dematerialise. The energy from the backblast destroys the slaver's ship, but the Thurils are able to phase to a different timeline and escape the destruction. The TARDIS then returns to end space. Romana and K9 are ready to start their new lives. And that was the very end. So Adric is still with the Doctor and he's now sort of now filling that role as companion that Romana um, left behind. So couple of points that we'll touch on that are poignant points but overall what did you think of warrior's gate this serial what did you think of it it's all right wasn't it? i think it was all right as well i don't think it was the best but i don't think it's the worst um it does leave I was me getting very much lying out of wizard of oz vibes yes we haven't really talked about what they actually looked like yeah so they've sort of hairy 
uh, got like a mane and a beard, and they look very much like it says a lion. Like, maybe they're Leos. Maybe they are. Maybe they were. Well, we're both Leos, so yes, I can I say that. So yeah, as so you think it's all right? Um, yeah, I think it's okay. I think the trouble is it does leave me with that sort of complex complexity sort of side of it where I'm like scratching my head going what the bloody hell was that or like there's so many bits and I'm thinking mm. what are you on about you scratch your head and basically ask that about a lot of things well as Doctor Who's go I think this one was very co- overly complex yeah. I think for Doctor Who the whole E-Space trilogy how do you think it worked do you think it worked better than The Key to Time mm, I suppose oh, I think it was alright it's nice c- compact three part series like three serials mm. in a three part thing I think it was nice to have something different in the middle of this season and you know maybe it was sort of a in into sort of um bring in one companion and say goodbye to another it just seemed yeah. like it's sort of that sort of story it's more about that story than it is about the space uh trilogy so uh let's say we lost Romana uh what do you think of Romana obviously we saw two reiterations of that companion we also saw mary tam as romana in the yeah. uh, key to time I didn't mind and then romana, we had but... uh layla ward who played obviously romana too as they I call didn't her mind romana, but... i think subsequently i've read that this was La- uh, layla ward's worst like that was the serial she didn't she disliked this serial the most mm. because one it was her last story and also, she said she didn't like the way she was written out. And mm. that was the other thing I was going to say as well. How quick it is that they get rid of Romana here. You know, it's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of, obviously, it's very documented that Tom Baker married, obviously married Layla mm. Ward. They met on the show. They got married. They had, from what we can tell, it's like a sort of, you know, a kind of a whirlwind marriage that didn't really end very well. They weren't really talking to each other during this season is what has been reported. So it does feel like this kind of like the parting of ex-husband and ex-wife, really. It was kind of like, right, see you later, bye. It kind of was like that. And yeah. it's very much like we've seen, so like Susan leaving was quite heartfelt. You know, we've seen so many like, uh, like, Sarah, like Sarah Jane Smith Jane. leaving, you know, um, Joe Grant leaving. They're quite emotional times for the doctors to say goodbye to these companions. Well, but this one, it was like, yeah, yeah this one was very much just rip the band aid off. Because maybe they kind of perceive that as the fact of one, she's a time lord, and two, there's a whole other fact of. You know, that she was kind of thrust upon him rather mm. than picked. Well, they did say, and I think they've been teasing this sort of leaving for a while because they did say that, you know, Gallifrey had recalled her because she was only really there as a visor for the key to time. So she's actually had a couple of seasons more than what yeah, she should have. She's kind of done, played out of usefulness. I definitely think that. But she also said she didn't want to go back to Gallifrey. I did think, you know, Mary Tam did play a good Romana, but obviously Layla Ward, she's Romana for me because she obviously was Romana longer and she had better stories and, you know, mm. it worked better. But as companions go, I think she's quite rememberable. I think after, mm. you've you got to remember what we had. Um, we will go through this a little bit more when we go through the Tom Baker wrap-up. But, you know, Tom Baker's Doctor only had several. He didn't have really that many companions. So she does kind of stick out as well as one companion that's mm. quite rememberable. Um, and well, the only companion I ever really knew with Tom Baker was Sarah Jane. Yes. So, 
Yeah. So, yeah. And K9. What did you think? K9? Because obviously we have to mention K9 because... Uh, I liked Mark 1 better. Mark 1 better. Yes. So, I think the trouble is with K9 is that it stayed as welcome. I think he was used very well I in think, the beginning. I, think, but I think Mark 1 was a bit more cockier. Yeah. And... Obviously, I had that little blip in the middle where, you know, John Leeson didn't voice K-9 for a little bit. And, yeah, I don't know. It was all right. It's, um, I just think they sort of backed themselves into a corner with a robotic dog that didn't really, in the beginning, didn't really function very well on, sort of, say, sand or gravel, you know. But then you oh, notice... a robot. What'd you expect? You, you noticed with, like, the newer one, it has, like, one tyre by the looks of um, it. The Daleks work very well on sand. Well, no. But well, there you go, then. It does sort of... Uh... You know, just go upstairs and things like that because they can never manage stairs. But then in New Who, they now fly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, stair, you can go as much up any stairs as you bloody want, but you're still screwed. Hmm. So, you know, that's the thing. So they, they adapt them. Right. So, yes, anyway. So I think as companions go, I think, you know, K9 is rememberable, but, uh, you know, it's not one that's my favourite. But anyway, Mark Campbell's episode guide, the vi- uh, the verdict. So um, so put it in perspective. So he gave full circle an 8 out of 10. State of Decay last week's one was 6 out of 10. This week's verdict is a beautiful, violent, and ultimately puzzling conclusion to the E-Space trilogy. Joyce's direction is exceptional, bar some questionable comic moments, and the script and acting display unusual maturity, a 9 out of 10. Mm. So it's quite high, 9. I think it's a bit too high. I think 9 out of 10 here is a little bit of a... uh, definitely a... uh, being very generous, I think. It was more of a what the hell. Yes. So, anyway. So, next week, we are getting into what they call is the post-denouement. Is that the beginning of the end, I think it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, the Keeper of Tracken is next week's uh, episode where I think we're going to get another new companion. So, new companions all around, Becky. Mm-hmm. So, this season, um, I think in the end, the season sees like the introduction of three new companions. So definitely you can tell that John Nathan Turner wanted to bring in some fresh blood into the show. And then obviously we have uh, the Logo Polis, Logo Polis, let's say, say Logopolis. And that's the very last episode. So two weeks, Becky and Tom Baker's done. Bit sad, really. We've been doing this for quite a while now. I've been on Tom Baker for quite a while. I think I'll be happy to get some fresh Doctor blood. Yep. Um, but like I say, we're going to do then two episodes, then do the Tom Baker wrap up, which will be probably an extended episode because he's got so much to go through, so many serials that we've got to go back through, and thoughts and feelings and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's going to be probably an extended episode that, and then obviously we'll have a little bit of a break to then start what I'll probably pencil in a season four. We might as well start a new Doctor as season four of Regenerated. So anyway, let us know what you thought of the East Space trilogy for one and two, what you think of Warrior's Gate. Is it good? Does it sort of um, stand the test of time, shall we say now, or not? Mm. And let us know what you thought of that chest computer. Do you think they will uh, Do you think they'll catch on, Becky? No. No. I don't think so either. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Not um, when you can get everything on a smartphone. Exactly. Like I said, it would be a device that you held out now. Anyway, so 
yes. it wouldn't work for me, then would it? Because it would be down to my knees. Right. Well, yeah, for short people, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> no. So, anyway, so yes, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all next time. So I'll say goodbye. Say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>